Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the latest edition of the Comeback Wrestling Show right here on Caveman Radio Network. <clears throat> I'm your host, John. we with you till 11 o'clock tonight. If you want to join the show, you certainly can. 646-668-2372. That's 646-668-2372. On tap tonight, uh, the usual. The usual. We got a lot of wrestling to get to. MLW just crowned a new champion. We have talks from Slammiversary and the G1 Climax to talk about. Uh, we have Larry Dallas joining us as well of Dragon Gate at 9.30. Fight for the Fallen will be happening as well. We also will be talking about the Kevin Owens promo from last night. And we got, you know, Extreme Rules because, you know, we have to talk about that other company. But let's get rolling now. I'm going to bring on, you know, the cast of characters as always. First, let me bring on my esteemed co-host, Cruz, what's going on, man? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. You sound fine. Uh, doing good. Getting ready for tonight's show and this major interview that we're going to have today. Yep. yep. So, yep. It's And also, Cruz, before we even get to that, we actually have a bit of an announcement to make. Go for it. We... Cruz, Cruz, how long have you been doing the show with me now? For a couple months? Yeah. Yeah, a couple months. And we felt, we were talking about this over the weekend, we felt it was time to bring on a third co-host. He's been on the show the last couple of weeks. He is, I met him at StarCast. Cruz, obviously you and him met on the cruise, the Jericho cruise. So let me bring on our third co-host. That would be Jeremy. Jeremy, what's going on? How you doing, guys? Honored to be the third co-host. <laughs> so, yep. We're glad to have you on. Thank you, guys. It, believe me. And let me see. Mitch is actually on the phone. I'll bring him on quickly, see what he wants to talk about, and then <clears throat> we'll get on with the other stuff. Let me just bring him on quickly. Mitch, what's going on? You got? We don't have a lot of time what's to going talk, on, so you got... Nothing. We we don't have a lot of time. We actually have a third. We actually have a guest tonight. So what do you want to talk about quickly? Okay. Okay, but no. What do you want to talk about though? Because we want to. We have a third guest coming. We have a. Hmm. 
Whatever you guys want to talk about. Okay. Uh, let's let's start quickly uh, with MLW. MLW held their wasn't a pay per view because their pay per view won't be happening until the beginning of November. They had a special on being on their on the regular Saturday night show, and now they have a new champion. They had a match between Filthy Tom Waller and Jacob Fatu. I don't know. I don't know what his relation is to the Samoan family, but I think he has some sort of relation to it somehow, some way. We have a new champion now in MLW as Jacob Fatu becomes your new MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Cruz, what are your thoughts on this? That was definitely surprising, man. I just uh, I like Jacob Fatu. I I just I, I just seem to value. Uh, filthy Tom Lawler much more in the indie scene because he's all over the place. But uh, I don't necessarily hate it. I was just a little surprised by it. Yeah. And again, I was kind of I, I got this news a little bit late because I was in Dallas. So yeah, I expected Tom to pull it out. But yeah, okay. I heard that uh, the Dallas can get a good good showing. Yeah, Mitch, we'll get to that. We'll get to uh, the G1 and Slam Reversal in a bit. But, Jeremy, yeah, what were your thoughts? Jeremy, what were your thoughts on the um, on Jacob Fatu becoming a new MLW champion? Uh, you know, I'm a little surprised because, you know, obviously you can't go by every rumor, but the rumor was that WWE and AEW were both hot after the guy. Yeah. So I thought they might not put the belt on him. Okay, because who knows how long he's going to be there. Yeah, apparently the relation that he has, he is part of the the big Samoan, you know, Roman Reigns, The Rock, he is part of that whole family. He, the way he's related is Umaga is his uncle, and the Usos are his cousins. So his father was Sam Fatu, which was... Yeah, um, just trying to see here. He was the Tonga Rakishi. kid. Thank you. Yeah, R- Rakishi's brother. Yeah. Okay, I, I wasn't yeah. sure because I, I know there's like, you know, 8,000 of them floating around in the wrestling world. I wasn't sure how, what his relation was <laughs> to the family. But, Mitch, what were your thoughts on it? I honestly did not know about it. Um, like I said, I really didn't watch much wrestling this weekend. But, um, I did watch Slammiversary, though, which, which by far was one of the best pay-per-views I've seen in a long time. Yeah, we'll get, like I said, we'll get to Slammiversary in a little bit. Yeah, no problem. I'm just, I'm just curious to see with this whole thing with him winning, do they, does this mean now that WWE and AEW aren't going after him now? And does this mean now he becomes the face of this company? Uh, that's a good question. I know AEW is willing to play ball and let you work both companies. They'll work out the contract details. Like M&JF is still in the contract there, I believe, right? Yeah. I think so. So it's different there with them. WWE, obviously, once you leave, it's a hard leave. Yeah. But I'm I'm just curious because I was kind of – you guys kind of touched on it, but I was kind of surprised because I figured if they would have done anything, they would have made – they would have given Filthy Tom Waller a bit of a run with this belt 
And then we would have seen probably around the time when they had their pay-per-view in November that at least built him up as a champion. Then you could have had that big moment when Jacob goes to win the belt. Unless <coughs> this was more of a ploy to keep him from going to AEW or the WWE. Yeah, well, that'll be determined in time, that's for sure. Yeah, that, that's that's where the that's that's where the big question is going to come into play. Is was this more? Because like this is the same thing to me. I, what I equate this to was when the whole news came out about the revival, basically saying no, we weren't going to resign with them, and then all of a sudden they won a tag belt like maybe a week or two later. And so I'm curious if this is going to be that type of thing where Court Bauer turned around and said, wait a second. Jacob Fatu is money. He's part of the Samoan family. We want to keep him here. We'll give him what he wants, even if it means giving him a sh- uh, run with the title. Now, I don't know if this is going to be a long run, but obviously we'll, we'll see he in, time, in, in due time. But let's get over now to the two events that Cruz was actually at this past weekend, Slammiversary and the G1. Cruz, before we even get to that, what was it like in Dallas this past weekend? It was just phenomenal, man. I, I just missed that city. I just uh so much growth within the city. So everything outside of the event, look, the city is beautiful. I you saw my videos that I made in the group. If you are considering moving down there, go and visit. It's gonna blow you away. So with that said, we all know that Dallas is a big sports city. They've got a major team a team for every major sport close, either either in the city or close to it, right? Um, but I'm going to touch on this a little bit later on as I talk about G1. And G1, what, what can you say about this, man? This is the best. What, why am I hearing an echo? Yeah, I hear it. Mitch. Turn your phone off. Is that or, better? Or get 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 me off of uh, speaker. Is it, is that better? I I still hear it. John, mute him. Okay, we'll do. Do you still hear it? Yeah, I still hear no, it. So it's not. It's one of us. If you got your television on, turn it down. I have nothing on. Let me see. Why is this happening here? We apologize for the technical issues here, folks, but... Let me try this. I'm going to try calling back in. Okay. All right, so, Jeremy, while, while Cruz is trying to figure that out... Um, let's talk quickly about this. What were your what were your initial thoughts of the first night of the G one? The New Japan always delivers. Uh, it was unfortunate to see the big tarp there with all those empty seats. I guess you know they shot for the stars, didn't quite deliver on attendance, but who cares? The show was fantastic, and we're not talking about Moxley not being there. So obviously, it did its job. Yeah, I only bring Cruz back on quickly to see if this fixed it. Cruz, do you still hear the echo? No. Yeah, I hear it. I hear it. I, so I wonder if it's let me, me, but I didn't hear this on my end. 
Hold on, you guys talk for a little bit. I'm going to figure out something right now. Cruz, we so were just talking bring... about, uh, what were your thoughts on the G1? I just thought it was a phenomenal, uh, excellent pay-per-view, certainly one of the best of 2019. I'm, I'm just going to give you the, what I like to consider the 25,000-mile-in-the-air macro view of it all. I'm going to give it not exactly a 9 because it wasn't perfect, but a strong 8.8. I, I would definitely give it that, making it one of the best pay-per-views of 2019, if not the best. How was the crowd there? Loud, animated, into the show um, for those who attended. And the point that I wanted to bring up was that, yeah, you know, the attendance was not a sellout arena. Unfortunately, that's something that New Japan and uh, Mark Cuban are going to have to work out in the future or whatever. But I digress. For those of us who were there, the show was phenomenal. It was great, well worth the money. I strongly recommend, and if New Japan is in town, you guys check them out. And I'm not going to trip too much about Dallas because, quite frankly, New Japan is already selling out the next few events. Yeah, Dallas is one of those weird markets anyway. Yeah, it is. It is. It's just not the wrestling city that it was back in the 80s. So, but I digress. It's still a great city. There's no perfect place. Um... But the G1, man, it's the matches, excellent. I, I don't think there was a bad match that night. Yeah, uh, it's been a while since we said that about a New Japan show. You guys still hear the um, echo or no? No, I'm good. No, I don't hear it anymore. Okay, because I, I just played around a little bit with the uh, microphone, and I think this may have fixed it. So it's probably a gain. Okay, yeah. Yeah, it was probably just a gain. But, but no, the, you made a point, though, in your video, Cruz, that I wanted to get to for a little bit, that you turned around and you said about how you're surprised, or not even you made it, a lot of people made the comment about how Dallas isn't a, considered a big wrestling town. You put that event, the G1 Climax, any of the quote-unquote the big wrestling towns, Chicago, New York, Los Angeles, Boston, Philly, it would have sold out. I strongly believe that and I look at what New Japan did with Madison Square Garden as evidence of the uh, support that there is in major markets and this is something that they're going to have to really take into account in the future Um, again John they are selling out the the event in Seattle is sold out they have uh, another J-Cup I want to say that it's somewhere in California. It's already sold out. Uh, the events that are going to come up in Philly, Boston, and New York, those will sell out. I, I don't know. It's just a weird dynamic with Dallas. It took, it affected my overall score in this critique because it didn't look good when Tanahashi is on the top rope about to do his move, and in the background there's entire sections of empty seats. So it just doesn't look good for for New Japan and for us and for for the city of Dallas. So they got negative points for that. But other than that, the match quality more than carried them today. Yeah, 
I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. Because <clears throat> this was the only night that they were in the United States, right? It was for the first night. The rest of it's going to be in Japan, correct? Correct. Correct, yeah. Okay. I mean, I figure by the time you get more into this thing, you're going to see sellouts. But I think when you look at the whole spectrum of it, it's what we've been talking about. It was you were in a town that isn't really that big of a wrestling town, so to speak, and it just it just wasn't meant to be. I mean, to put it nicely, I mean, I, 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 the matches themselves were good. I will definitely, especially the one where Kenta took on, um, <clears throat> who was it, Kota Ibushi, and I thought the entire place popped when he did the GTS. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We went crazy for that. <laughs> and everybody was expecting it throughout the whole match. Um, to, to go back onto your, the first point, look, I, I think the ghetto is not a, an idiot by any means. He will go back to Japan and he will review. Now, listen, uh, an American date for the G1, it's not going to happen in the middle because of the distance and jet lag, et cetera, et cetera. It's always going to be at the beginning or at the very end of G1. And in the future, I, I predict that if there's another G1 American date, it's probably going to be the final. And it's probably going to be in a big city like Chicago, Los Angeles, something with meaning where in Japan they can build up the tournament and get a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz, a lot of buzz, and then host an event here. But I just don't see it happening in Dallas again. No, there was also well, some extenuating circumstances too there. I mean, it was six days after Raw, so a lot of mm-hmm. fans don't want to buy both tickets. And yeah. you shot you shot for the stars in an NBA arena. Imagine if it was at a little bit smaller of a venue. Yeah. We wouldn't be talking about the crowd situation. So, you know, they, they took well, a they, shot. It didn't work completely. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, though. When Omega won the IWGP U.S. title originally, wasn't that at the Cal Palace? Out in California? No. Mm-hmm. What? No, what I thought that was out? in Long Beach. That was in Long Beach at the convention center. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. But wasn't that... The when they came for the first time? Yeah. yeah. He wrestled Cody at the Cow Palace last year. Okay. I knew, I knew he had a match at the Cow Palace last, at some point. Yeah. But to me, it's the point I go back to. I think a lot of it also, they, I think they kind of... I don't want to say they kind of went too big, but they maybe they went a little too big. Especially, I mean, but you can't really say that because if they would have done it in New York, for example, they probably would have done it at the Garden. The Garden is a little bit bigger than American Airlines. They could have, if they did it in Philly, they would have done it probably at the Wells Fargo. To me, I think it's more of the fact of where they were than the fact of the arena they were in. Because yeah. we saw yeah. we saw back in April when they teamed up with Ring of Honor for the G one show, they sold out the Garden. And the Garden's one of the biggest arenas. So they Correct, but that was WrestleMania the- weekend. I mean there's so much wrestling yeah. traffic there. Yeah, that means yeah. But but Roar wasn't but Jeremy, to go back to your point for a second, Roar wasn't in Dallas last week. Yes it was. Wait, before Newark? The Monday before, no, the Monday before the G1, Raw was in Dallas. And they were, there was articles saying that that was affecting ticket sales. 
Why was I thinking Rose in San Antonio? I think it was the next night. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot. I I I, I keep thinking that the G one was like, you know, last week and it's and it feels like it was so long ago. <laughs> uh listen, the the fact of the matter is that there are nineteen total days between uh July the sixth and August the twelfth. Nineteen events for the G one. If if we consider the uh, attendance bad for the first one, look fine, but the event in and of itself, all the wrestling was fantastic. Gorillas of Destiny versus Rapongi three K kicked us off. You saw everybody cheering getting into that match. Next match, Ren Narita, Jeff Cobb, uh, Shota Imuno, and Ishii. Another good match there, right? Cobb is certainly over. Narita, he's one of the young lines and stuff. He's coming up. Uh, get into Chaos versus the Bullet Club and Jay White. I mean, come on, guys. He, he is a major, major, major star. Uh, after that, we had a six-man tag match. Uh, Yushin Thunder Liger, Juice Robinson, Taoro Yano uh, versus the LIJ, Bushi, Shingo, and Naito. And, man, that was, that was for me, that was for all the LIJ fans out there. But I'm going to say something, man. I was certainly surprised how many fans know who Toro Yano is because he got big pop. Good fun tag team matches. Uh, John... Just so you know, the tag team match is the first half of a New Japan event. A lot of tag team matches because this is how they keep them in athletic form and keep them relevant. Excuse me, not relevant. Keep them in, in shape. The last five matches were all singles matches for the G1. Lance Archer versus Will Ospreay. What can't you say, man? I mean, that was good. Is there anyone who doubts Will Ospreay today? Right. And Lance Archer had his breakout moment. So, roll right into Bad Luck Fale versus Evil. Big guys doing big guy moves and power moves and stuff like that. Probably the worst match of the night because everyone else sort of outshined them, but not a bad match at all, right? I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, I did too. From where I'm sitting at, I, I definitely enjoyed it. It was different. It was power moves and stuff like that. And the very next match, you got Sonata and Zack Sabre Jr. putting on a technical match from the ages, man. I mean, that's something that Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho could have been proud of. Uh, and it was just, Sonata is just that damn good, man. <laughs> and during the intro of that match, you could see me all over on TV telling uh, Sabre Jr. to beat it, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the interaction between me and him was actually pretty funny because he, he is actually very nice. He's just playing a heel, so and he's great. Next match, you know, it's a big one, Kenta versus Kodo Ibushi. And I think the whole IWC and the wrestling community is just happy that Kenta's back in a big, big way. And New Japan did the right thing by giving him the win off the bat. Keep him relevant. Keep him hot, you know. Kota Ibushi could eat one loss. Not going to affect him. The main event, Tanahashi Okada. It's always going to be great. No matter how many times they have, you know, they wrestle each other. It's always going to be phenomenal. We popped off. Uh, what can I say about it, man? The whole night was fun. 
it, it seemed, from what I saw, it seemed like it was a fun night. It seemed like the fans were really into it. <clears throat> I'm just curious to see what's going to happen. I mean, we can we can keep going back to this. I'm just curious to see what's going to happen when they do. Because I, I know they are doing, like, Cruz, like you said, they're doing the shows in Philly, Boston, and New York. I think they're doing them solo, from what I heard. They're not doing them with any other promotion. Correct. Yeah. Just, which I, just, which people kind of took as surprising. But I think they can sell out. I think they can sell out those events, John. Um, I just want to say real quick, man. Uh, for now till what I said, Monday, August twelfth is the final of the G one. Listen, just about every day or every two days, you have another G one event starting this Saturday on the thirteenth, right? They come on early, five thirty in the morning. Sometimes at three. I'm looking real quick over the schedule. I see one on the August 4th at 2 in the morning. Whatever. <laughs> you got New Japan World. Uh, if you're a fan, you're a fan. You know, you're going to see it, whatever. But it's usually on VOD a day later or a few hours later, what have you. Um, I'm going to be watching, man. And I'm, I think this adds to the, to the, uh, the summer of wrestling in a big, big way. Well, what's funny is, I don't know if you guys, just quickly, because you mentioned about how this is going to be the summer of wrestling. I don't know if you guys saw uh, actually a friend of the show, Chris Van Vliet. He just did his interview with the Young Bucks that just appeared on his on his channel today. And they brought up the whole thing about competition and everything, and with this being the summer of wrestling. And one of the Young Bucks turned around and said that basically this is what's going to help not not keep this business afloat, but this comp- this level of intensity is going to truly in the long run help this whole entire industry doesn't matter if you're you, you may be the biggest WWE fan you may be a huge AEW fan Ring of Honor fan people have to realize that this summer between the show with with that uh, Ring of Honor is doing in August WWE is doing two shows AEW has two shows Tennessee is going to pick up that in the end, the fans are going to be the winners. So I just want to bring that up as far as the thing about competition. Absolutely. It certainly seems, yeah, it certainly seems like everybody's stepping up their game here recently. And we're, that's going to be part of our, our conversation in the last segment for tonight. But it, it, it is part of the AEW effect. And I'll just leave that there. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we should be joined in a couple of minutes by our guest, Larry Dallas of Dragon Gate. But <clears throat> let's talk, let's speak, I guess, talk quickly about Slammiversary. Cruz, you happen to be at that event as well. And somehow, some way, you got front row seats because I saw your pictures. Um, thoughts of it being there? What, what, did it, what was the atmosphere like? Tell us, from, tell us from an in person perspective what it was like at Slammiversary this year. So, definitively, I've got to say, man, for what I paid for the VIP experience, they took care of us. They guided us where we needed to be. The meet and greets were very awesome. We took pictures. We, you know, pretty much they rolled out the red carpet for us. Uh, I was engaging with Josh and with Don as they were getting ready for the show. Uh, The wrestlers were amicable and just, you know, 
kind of BSing with us on the side as we were talking crap to them and whatnot. I, I was very impressed, and for what I paid, I got a lot out of that show as a VIP. And then the matches in and of itself, you guys saw the event. There was not one bad match. Nothing that I can even say was average. Everything was a little bit better than average to spectacular. And that's just Impact Wrestling. What what we have been saying about them is that they have a good show. They need to work on a TV deal. Well, what's funny is the only match, looking over the whole card, the only match that I would say was on the average side, wasn't, I wasn't too fond of it, was Moose versus RVD. And the only reason why I say this is I, I applaud RVD for still being incredibly athletic at the age he is. But either this really shows how Moose is when he's leading a match, or RVD really has to think about hanging up the, the boots at this point. But I thought my favorite match of the night, Cruz, and I, I, you can agree with me if you want, was Tessa versus Sammy. I thought those two put on a great match, told a phenomenal story, and I laugh when you get these people in the IWC who are turning around and saying, oh, you know, Tessa and Sammy don't deserve to be in the main event because it should have been Elegant and Brian Cage. Yes, I can see their point because if you're a, if you're a fan of old school wrestling, then usually the championship is usually the main event. But when you have a history-making moment, like you did with Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard being the first intergender match to main event Slammiversary, I don't see a problem with it. And especially the fact, they were talking about this on Busted Open recently, and Bully Ray actually made the comment. He said, any other combination, the match may not have gotten the praise it did. Those two, Tessa and Sammy, have chemistry, and I would and I wouldn't mind seeing another match between those two. I thought they put on a phenomenal, great match. Look, I, I thought not only was the chemistry, the, the execution, the overall story, uh, how the fans got behind Tessa. That, that woman is over. Ugh. AF. Okay. I, I don't think there's another woman in wrestling who's more over than her at this point in time. I, I, I would argue none. Uh, it was a perfect ending to the night, man. I, I don't know. This was the big match. I know that the Cage and Elgin match was pretty good, too. I think the edge went to this one just because of the, the storyline behind it. And, hey, can Tessa step up and actually hang with the guys? Now you know she can. <laughs> That's how you do a women's revolution. Yeah, I know. I don't disagree. I don't disagree, Jeremy. What about you? Uh, you know, I have a theory on that. Uh, the main event delivered big time. We're still talking about it. You can't make an argument then that it should have been there. They delivered. They did something different, and it worked. We'll always have a championship match, but this was special. I give uh, Impact credit for making that decision for that match to be the main event. Yeah, I really – don't get me wrong. I thought Brian Cage and Michael Elgin put on a great match. I'm not saying they didn't. But to me, and I go back to what I said before, 
This was a historical moment. How many times can you turn around, especially in this industry? I mean, WWE always talks about it. How many times can you turn around in this industry and make the comment of a first time? Realistically. Think about it. How many more? And have it deliver. Yeah. How many more first times? The women's match of Mania didn't deliver. No, not at all. I mean, think about it. The women's match happened at Mania, and then I felt ever since that match ended, the whole women's revolution in WWE has gone downhill. For many reasons, though. Yeah, well, obviously we'll get to that, you know, if we have time later on. Of course. But to me, this match, when you look at Tessa, and also supposedly from what I read, I don't remember who wrote it, maybe Ryan Sen or one of Mike Johnson, one of them wrote about it, that supposedly Tessa is going to be now in line for some sort of major push after her performance at the anniversary. Now, I don't know what that push will lead to, especially the fact she has won the Knockouts Women title already. I don't know if this is going to lead to a more prominent role. I don't know if this is going to lead to her possibly contending for the World Heavyweight title, just a possibility. I don't know where this is going to lead to. That is a possibility. Yeah, I would say, honestly, along the lines of what you just described there, the end story is a Taya, Valkyrie, Tessa Blanchard women's championship match that's probably going to have some major stipulation there for uh, you know, to get to create more buzz. And those two are on a collision course, and it is fun to watch it. Like, you know, cause they're both being booked very dominantly. We don't see this in uh well, uh, it's just get impacted in their props and their due respect. They're doing it the right way. Yeah, I yeah, but going off of that though, that's also saying that Tyus could be with the company. Who's to say that once Johnny leaves, because that, as it was reported after Slammiversary, his contract well, supposedly I heard his contract was up like a month or two beforehand. But supposedly they had an agreement put into place that he said, I think it was more of a handshake agreement, that he said he was going to finish out this storyline with Rich Swan. Now, what I'm curious to see is if he leaves, because I know there's been rumblings of him going either to AEW or possibly to NXT, what I'm curious to see is, does this mean Kyle leaves as well? What do you think, Jeremy? Uh, I think business always talks. I don't see him going to NXT. Not at this point of his career. And there's too many options on the table now for talent. I'm still not sure about AEW. I think AEW is trying to make it clear that they're not trying to sign every top veteran out there. So, I still think, I, I would not be surprised if he wanted it from Ring of Honor. Somehow, what, become the savior of Ring of Honor? I don't know savior, but there's some matches for him to be had there. I mean, that would I be fantastic. Oh, absolutely. I don't disagree. But I would, honestly, you know where else I could see him going? I wouldn't even put it past me. What about the NWA? Sure. 
Yeah, if you're in the, the industry, way, you can still do Ring of Honor in New Japan. So you're so active. Yeah, think about it. I mean, you put him in NWA with guys like Eli Drake, James Storm, Nick Aldis. I mean, crap, you have you have fantasy matches right there. Yeah, and you're still in, with ROH. You, you're tied in there. Yeah. Well, so there's so many matches. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, to me, the other thing also I, I'm going to take from Slammiversary is Willie Mack. Holy crap. This guy I love is, that guy. works like a cruiserweight, but he's built almost like Kevin Owens to an extent. I'm surprised Impact doesn't book this guy in a much better position. Because we've seen already he has been the face of a company. I mean, he, he did challenge a couple of times for the Lucha Underground title, when Lucha Underground mm-hmm. was still a thing. So you know he can definitely be the face of a company. And let's be honest, would anybody really be against a possible match between Brian Cage and Willie Mack? No. Absolutely not. Nope. Or even a triple threat, because even if they keep elegant in the main event, have a triple threat between the three of them. Who would have ever thought, just think about that for a second, who would have ever thought that Michael Elegant, Brian Cage, and Willie Mack, who are all big guys, could all work like a freaking cruiserweight match. <laughs> to make them special. Yeah. yeah. So, but, that, but, that, but that's what I'm surprised about. Right now, I mean, I'm, I, I know I always bring up his name every week, so I'm still hoping one day we can have him on the show. <clears throat> but J.D. Was, was recapping Slammiversary on his, on his podcast. And he made the point. He said, you look at the main event scene right now of Impact Wrestling. It's Elegant, Brian Cage, it should be Sammy Callahan, it should be Willie Mack, it should be Johnny Impact, if whatever his direction is. So the main event right now for Impact Wrestling is in pretty good hands. Just But we also now have new tag team champions. Which I don't think anybody really thought was a real surprise. I just thought they would have put them on the Rascals and not the North. But, Cruz, what were your thoughts on the tag team match? Or the triple threat, sorry. So, a lot of action. I, I want to start with the good. A lot of action, a lot of athleticism, and a lot of tag team work that just flowed in a, in a very easy sort of way. The match was beautifully executed. And each team showed out. In, in other words, what I'm saying, they stepped up and they performed very well and fluidly with each other. And that's just a testament to their skill set, man. Ethan Page is a fucking star, man. We know, I know him from the indies, and he's very charismatic and stuff like that. He looks like he's gotten in a little bit better shape. He looks like he's going all out in that ring nowadays, and he's got a good tag team partner and Josh Alexander I was surprised that Impact went that direction until I saw the match down there and I'm like okay these two are a good choice for that okay uh, we, we all know Ortiz and Santana are man tag team gods nowadays right uh, <laughs> and the rascals Desmond and Zachary I mean bro they, were they good for a bunch of young cruiserweight kind of looking guys and stuff like that, they, I take nothing from them in that match. Uh, what can I say? Just a lot of 
a lot of action, a lot of energy. Unfortunately, uh, you know, who was it? Or Santana got injured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so as I'm sitting there in the front row, uh, Conan flipped out. He was he was going crazy trying to get medical attention, and that distracted me from what was going on in the ring. So that I, w- I would say that would be the only bad part of the night. Unfortunately, an accident happened, and all the commotion took my attention away from what the, the wrestling. But okay. Oh boy, got his uh, medical attention, and then we we get that uh the mask or what is it, the painted face of Killer Cross <laughs> in the next yes. match. <laughs> oh my god, that was cool. <laughs> that was pretty cool. <laughs> but, but Jeremy, I just want to get your thoughts quickly <clears throat> on this on this triple threat tag team match. Uh, great match. Um, I didn't see as much of the show as I should have, but. The show delivered. I was not excited for the show, I'll be honest. They stepped their game up, and I'm just seeing that effect in so many different ways. I'm, I'm loving it. I was very ant going into it because I wasn't too sure how – I mean, the matches look good on paper, but I've seen it so many times now where promotion has good matches on paper. Also, you get to the ring, and every match blows. To me, I'm just. I, I ended up paying the forty dollars. And Cruz, when we had we we you know three of us spoke uh, yet last night, I brought the point up to you. You remember when we had the conversation back in Vegas about if you're a true wrestling fan, you're not going to go for the illegal streaming. You're going to put down the forty fifty dollars for a pay per view. Mm-hmm. That that conversation yeah. came back to my mind. And that was, and that's when I sat there and I said, you know what, I'm gonna, let me just buy this. I'm like, this is, this to me, the matches look good. It looked like it was going to be a good show. And I mean, it paid off. It really paid off. But the last thing I want to get to regarding this match before we get to the ECW revived match, as I call it, was where do we think LAX will end up? In the long, in the long run, do they end up in NXT or do they end up going to AEW? Jeremy, oh, that's the million-dollar question. If you say NXT, it's a no-brainer. It's AEW. If you say main roster WWE versus AEW, then it's a toss-up. That's something we haven't seen yet. We haven't seen some big-time free agents who are looking to go somewhere have to decide and decide. I mean, we talk about AEW getting Moxley, but he was leaving anyway. If WWE, let's say, for example, goes three for three getting free agents, does that sit there and show AEW that we're still going to get whoever we want over you no matter what? Yeah, I have a healthy theory, Jeremy and John. I, I'm looking at the poster once again for that Jericho Cruz, and a lot of these wrestlers connected with one, one another. Certainly we saw the connection between the elite and Jericho uh, probably started way before that. Cruz was certainly uh, was strengthened in that Cruz. <coughs> these guys were there. 
They were associating Absolutely. with the Young Bucks and, and, and Jericho and the rest of them. They're part of that mix. And every wrestler who's active right now who was on that first cruise, it wouldn't surprise me if the Young Bucks and Kenny, who was there on the cruise, and Hangman Page and Jericho and just talk to these guys and tell them, look, you got a home here at AEW. Unfortunately, I come back to that point that you made last week, John, where you said something like, oh, Vince McMahon gets a hold of them. They'll join, um, what is it, No Way Jose's Congo line? Or they'll yeah. be part of the 24-7 bullshit. No, you said if they, oh, yeah, if they go to NXT and get called up, yeah. Yeah, you know, That's something to that effect. Something to that effect, and I'm like, you know what? It would definitely happen to them, or or they would be jobbed out big time. They'll probably be losing to the the Lucha House Party or something. And I'm like, I don't want to see that shit. I'd rather see them compete on even grounds with other tag teams that are hot. They're still young guys. AEW is perfect for them. I hope they go that way. I mean, Cruz, you were there that night on the cruise when they wrestled the Bucks, and what a match that was. Yeah. Yeah. It really hasn't seen the light of day except for the people on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. That was good, man. And the in next day, I relaxed sort of way. And I said, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was a good match in a very relaxed sort of way as they're on vacation. Imagine what they can do when, when the pressure is on, when the bright lights and, and you know, in the big city and a big arena. Come on. They're going to – they can they can go. I mean, the Bucks, I, I saw Nick the next day. I said, great match. And he just looked at me and said, those guys are good. Yes. And they don't say that casually. We know that. I mean, I mean, the comment, the way, the way I look at it with the uh, LAX is I want them to go to AEW. Not for nothing, but look at the tag team division right now of AEW. SCU, Lucha Brothers, Private Party, Best Friends. Dark power. I mean, go down the list. You have a better opportunity to have more fantasy matches in AEW than you do if you have LAX go to NXT. Because the thing is, you go to AEW, you don't have to go down to the minor leagues first or, you know, their developmental program. You go right to the roster. So you already have the matches there. They have the credibility. And to me... The gimmick they have of being the LAX, you know, type of thing works for them. I don't want them to go, I don't want WWE to touch them at all because I think once Vince McMahon gets hands on them, they're done. Just look at every other freaking tag team that has come out of NXT in the last couple of years. Right, right. And, and we forget about that they have a strong relationship with Conan, who's yeah. with AAA, who's tied into AEW. Yeah. yeah. And also, would anybody be against seeing another Lucha Brothers LAX match? Take my money. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> but that's the thing, though. Or LAX versus SCU. I mean, just the matches there. They fit in perfectly with that division. Yeah, exactly. In every which way possible. Could you imagine, uh, now I just want to, before you move on, John, real quick, Mm -hmm. could you imagine, just for fun, uh, LAX versus the, uh, the, what are the the Young Brothers in AEW, uh, what is it, the house, the party? 
Private party? party brothers. Private, private party. Private LAX party. against private party and some sort of like uh I don't know hardcore street match. That that would be insane and it would just appeal to the younger folks like man, you know, this is kinda like how ECW was back in the day during those first, you know, ninety six, ninety seven years, you know, so Potential for a lot of dream matches and, and job satisfactions there. Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry for interrupting. No, 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 no. You're good. It, to me, it's just you, you have the team like LAX go to AEW. You have the matches there. You have them go to WWE and NXT. Yeah, they go to NXT. They'll be treated like fucking royalty down there, like, you know, Undisputed Era is right now. But once they get to the main roster, what are we going to see then? Oh, you know. LAX takes on the Viking Raiders on main event, a show that I don't think anybody watches. So, and also with with AEW, you have the Young Bucks who are spearheading the division as far as signing it and booking and doing that. You have an advocate like them. You know, you're in good hands. Yes. Yeah. 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 But let's go over now quickly to the Killer Cross Eddie Edwards match. First of all, I gotta say, does, Kil- does uh, Ed- Eddie Edwards come off to you guys like the younger version of Tommy Dreamer, just you know, a hundred pounds lighter? Yeah, I could see it. Yeah, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the whole kendo stick, the whole you know, never gonna give up. People, I remember who was it? Josh Matthews made the comment on on the broadcast. He 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 equated to being the next. To be the next Rocky, almost. But with that match, the one thing that match I liked was how much how much blood we saw in that match. Because <clears throat> that match, and they mentioned it during the broadcast, that match is controversial as it is. You you don't see it that often, but when you do, and it's done right, you have you can have match you can have top match of the night there, or, you know, top match of the night, but it, one thing that match did show was the depth that Eddie Edwards is willing to go to win a match. He basically took his own kendo stick, broke it in half, and I couldn't really tell because the camera angle was kind of off on it a little bit. Did he shove the kendo stick in to kill across his mouth? Because when they pan back out, you just start killing across, coughing up blood. I want to say that the spot looked like he was stabbing him in his forehead. That's how it looked like. Um, I, I, there's, let me just leave that there. So it looked like he was stabbing him in the forehead. But that match, I, I would actually start a little bit earlier with the North... LAX Rascals, the theme started getting hardcore for the night. This match certainly added to that. And the matches, the two matches, three matches that follow, emphasized hardcore, like, okay, we're getting nasty now. So, yeah, a lot of blood. Excellent. It it basically reminds you of the old days of ECW. Yeah, it's first blood match. Yeah, you know, with a uh, Terry Funk bleeding all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow, the good old days. 
But Jeremy, what about you? What were your thoughts on the Killer Cross Eddie Edwards match? I love Eddie Edwards. I mean, he was always a hardcore guy, but I think that Sammy Callahan match just made him say, I'm going to run with this even more. Great match. Mm-hmm. Uh, Killer Cross, I was never a huge fan of to begin with, and he is just, I was wrong. Guy's a great worker. Now, now I want to say something to you, John, because we're talking about Johnny Impact going the the person who should go to WWE is Quilla Cross. He's tall. He's got the body for it. He's got the million-dollar look that McMahon would love and would push. Okay, he's got the skills in the ring. He's got some charisma. I don't. I could see him being a major contender or at least in the mix of NXT right now. If he goes over within the next few weeks, he can he can walk right into you know events with Kushida. With you know, I, I don't know what they name ACH right now or Keith Lee, uh, even even with Velveteen on NXT on Wednesdays, not 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 take over, not yet, but he would be the perfect fit for NXT. I don't know yeah. who would go though, just because of the fact, especially the fact I know they're getting rid of the whole PG thing because they're trying to attract more to the teenage demographics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm I'm one thing I'd be curious I would be game for that because I think it'd be nice to get some new blood on that main roster that's not you know that's somebody different I just don't know how Vince McMahon would handle him because so you know, that's the question well, with everybody well, yeah and from what I understand John from what I understand yeah. NXT is fixing to get raped by a lot of call ups sometime later this year, I think after SummerSlam, maybe? I, I don't know, between SummerSlam and uh, Survivor Series. A lot of NXT stars are going to get called up, which I don't know what the hell they're going to do on the main roster now when that happens, but NXT is going to have to refresh their coffers, right? They're going to have to refresh their their roster. And this man, I'm telling you from what I've seen in front of me, as he's wrestling in the ring, walking in front of me, et cetera, et cetera, I'm just looking at his height, his body, and stuff, and his movements. He's he just just I don't know. He just gave, gave me the impression of you know Vince McMahon would definitely love this guy. Okay, but here's the next thing. Remember how before we we're talking about if Impact le- if Johnny Impact leaves, does Taya leave? Oh no, wait a second. Scar- Scarlet did leave Impact already, right? She's not with them. Yeah, yeah she's correct. Already- I wonder yeah. if she goes to WWE. If she goes into NXT. They would take her in a second for sure. In a second. And I think that she would thrive there uh, in a very kind of, I don't know, not as sexy or I don't know. I don't know because they seem to be changing nowadays from what you guys are telling me. So I think she and Killer Cross would be successful no matter where they go. And the same for Taya and. Johnny Impact, they're just that damn good. Yeah, it's, you know, not every couple, you know, not every couple has to be, you know, that good. I mean, and I'll get to that in a bit, because believe me, when we get into Extreme Rules, I have a few uh, little rants in we'll get to those matches. <laughs> but I Moose and RBD. Yeah, Moose and RBD, I want to get to that quickly, and then we'll move on to 
uh, the two, the three shows that we have to talk about that are this coming weekend. But Moose and RVD, we touched upon this a little bit earlier. This match to me was probably my more, my least favorite match of the night. And it's nothing against Moose because I think Moose is somebody that I would put in the same category as Willie, uh, Willie Mack and Sammy Callahan. He should be in the main event. But to me, to have him work with somebody like RVD, who also is on this comeback that he never really explained why he's coming back all of a sudden. I really hope this is a, this is not a prolonged uh, feud between the two of them, and this is kind of it. Because Moose needs to go to somebody else. And RVD needs to go back to whatever he was doing beforehand. Because, yes, RVD was good in the ring 15 years ago. Now that he's, you know, had quite a few injuries, he looked kind of stoned in the match, if you want to be, to be completely honest, from my, from my point of view. To me, RVD, 15, 20 years ago, great in the ring. Now, it's, it's, I put him in the same category as somebody like Goldberg. Should not be in the ring at all. Ooh, ooh. Hey, I, 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 I keep it real. But we get, you know, we get older. The RVD of 2000, 2001, shit. He, you could have put him in a match, a main event match against Shawn Michaels of that era. Okay, uh, uh, somebody of, of that big of stature. But you know, we get older. You know, so he still, he still got some skills there. He, he can still go. Uh, I think all these older guys, their job is to get the younger talent over the, the future. And I was surprised how many fans Moose got. The whole place was 50-50. I think the older guys, we were cheering for RVD, and everyone under, I'm going to say, 32 was cheering for Moose with their little uh, pull-down fist bump. Moose, Moose. And I was, like, taken aback, like, oh, my God. And him with his flamboyant gear and stuff like that, he's, he's got something going on there. So maybe further development. Sure, as you're suggesting, is needed, but I, I wouldn't sleep on him right now, John. Moose, oh, no. I, I'm not sure. And, and to go back to your point about it being 50-50, think about it. If you're un, if you're about 32 or younger, you may not remember ECW that much, mm-hmm. unless you have the network and, and you know you watched it on the network. If you're somebody who's like in my age group, I'm I'm 26, I don't remember that much of ECW. I've only seen a few ECW shows on the network. So to me, I'm not surprised that you had the younger people chanting for Moose because think about it. They look at somebody like RVD, they think ECW. And if you, like I said before, if you didn't watch ECW growing up, you're not really going to know of the true RVD from the ECW days that was able to main event with Sabu and Jerry Lynn and, you know, Taz and all those guys. But, but overall, though, what were your guys' overall thoughts on Slammiversary? Well, the first half of the matches, the first half of the pay-per-view, what we've talked about was pretty decent, good. The bulk of it, the really good shit was the Monsters Ball, the X Division Championship, the Impact World Championship, and the Intergender Match. 
that alone, I mean, those five, four matches alone were shit, man. On scale, I don't think I would give any of them anything lower than an eight. Every person in these four matches stepped their game up. Too young mm-hmm. doing all the crazy hardcore stuff. These these four women were fucking insane. I I I just think they completely disregarded their fucking personal safety, and they went out to have a hardcore match, and they did. You talk about channeling ECW, the girls did it, and fuck yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, Cruz, I actually want to get your thoughts quickly, you because you were there. What was the crowd's reaction? <clears throat> When Jessica Havoc did the tombstone onto the thumbtacks. Oh my goodness! A mixture of uh, of surprise, disgust, and just <sighs> being impressed. These three emotions going on at the same time. It was just nasty. I, but but the whole match was just hardcore spot, hardcore spot after hardcore spot. Kudos to them, man. That that match was good. Followed by Rich Swan and Johnny Impact putting on excellent high flying aerial combined with high agility wrestling. High spot. Fuck it, man. It was good to see them too. And Johnny Impact is damn good, man. You, you have to really see him in person and really appreciate how good it is. Going to Brian Cage and Michael Elgin, two big like I said, two guys who look like they belong in 1980s WWF. But they move like cruiserweights. Michael Elkin doing freaking top rope moves and Brian Cage just completely flipping over the top ropes. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> they talk about the evolution of the big guys right there. Yeah, and, and and you add Roman Reigns into that shit because he he's fucking nuts as hell too, jumping over the top rope, halfway through the up the up the aisle. Awesome. Uh, and you finish with the big stuff with Sammy Callahan and Tessa Blanchard. I mean, look, the first half of the show built up, but certainly there was nothing boring, nothing that I could see that was average. Everything was good. Everything was good, and just started getting better and better and better. And then the last half. Forget it. Awesome. By the way, did you know who was in the mask? Who who speared elegant? Of course. <laughs> the, <laughs> the knuckleheads around me were gore, gore, gore. A student that went down. So how he got away with it, I was like, man. I'm but, curious to see how they pull that off because technically his contract's not up yet. His contract's not up for another week, technically. So I'm curious to see how they're going to pull that one off. You know, the big, talking about that one company, I don't know how they let TJP slide uh, through their fingers, slip through their fingers. TJP is a star. I'm looking at him wrestling, I'm like, oh my goodness. And they keep fucking people who can't wrestle and who aren't charismatic at all and look at this guy man he's phenomenal TJ checks every box yes sir and if it's true the rumors of why they didn't keep him bullshit so everything that he said on the uh, Chris Van Vliet interview 
Yes, but I digress. Yeah, but no, I, I mean overall, I thought it was, I thought, I thought it was a good show. I'll definitely say that much. But I laugh when when people turn around and say it was the best show of 2019, because I think okay, you gotta yeah. pump the brakes there for a second. <laughs> I think there were at least at least off the top of my mind, there was probably one or two, probably one other show that was the best show of 2019. I'm gonna, I, I definitely have to say that Double or Nothing was better. Yes. I think the NXT, Absolutely. what is it, NXT 25 was yeah, better. Yeah, that was good. And the G1 in the Garden was probably, better. The G1 in the Garden was better. Yes, sir. Um, then I would probably have to make a strong case for this one here. Oh, would I'm you put it in the top, the top five? Yes. If wait a minute, if I add Wrestle Kingdom, I uh, know then their star would drop a little bit. Uh, so maybe top ten somewhere for sure. Hmm? Jeremy, what about what were your thoughts on the whole anniversary show? Uh, you know, uh, it was a good show. I mean, start to finish, they delivered. Yeah. There wasn't a bathroom break, and I know I use that analogy a lot, but I remember back in the day in some old WWE pet reviews, I would always time it around that. You couldn't the other night. It was a movie you didn't want to walk away from. Yeah, basically. I I thought overall, I thought it was, like I was saying, I thought it was a good show. I thought you guys like Willie Mack really stepped up his game. Brian Cage, Michael Elgin in the world title picture, I thought it was a good match. To me, Tessa and Sammy basically tore the house down, had a phenomenal match. I thought the match, and we're not even talking about the, well, t- sort of talking about, but the fatal forward for the, the X Division guys, Jake Chris, Trey Miguel, which, by the way, Trey Miguel, to me, <coughs> comes off like a impact version of Ricochet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. To me, those guys, I can see any of I'm actually surprised that a guy like Jake Chris, for example, hasn't been pushed more in the exhibition, you know, division, so to speak, because that guy is good. He, unfortunately, he's in one of the most popular factions right now in OVE, so I don't know if he's going to be the one to break off at some point, but if they break him off and they have him go to the singles guy, that guy has money all over him. Yeah, okay. But let's get now to... We have three events to talk about this weekend. We have... Quickly, we'll talk about Evolve, because, yeah, we know a few of the matches, but we want to just kind of talk about it. I'll be be trying to watch... Let me rephrase this way. I'll be flipping between that and Fight for Fall on Saturday. So... I won't. (laughs) Personally... No. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> well, I, did I say flip I now have two different screens. Oh, oh, well, okay. <laughs> You're gonna have two screens yeah. simultaneously because I won't. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> ain't no, ain't no way in hell the fucking WWE's fourth rate fucking division is gonna compete with AEW. Uh, and I like Adam oh, Cole. 
on a charity event, Kira Tozawa, you know, I'm a Matt Riddle guy. You know, I, I fuck with Austin Theory. You know, I'm a big time, and, and I've been a fan of him for years. I've been, I've been one of the few people who've been posting about him. And I'm an Eddie Kingston guy, so I'm looking at the uh, matches for Evolve, and I'm like, oh, there ain't no way in hell this is going to compete with AEW. <laughs> so, no. That was stupid on their part, but, you know, maybe it was intentional, maybe maybe not. I, I don't know. I don't care. It wasn't gonna work if it was intentional. Um, I don't. I don't want to shit on your parade, John, but I'm gonna keep it real. <laughs> Some of these matches are good. The singles match for the NXT, Adam Cole versus Akira Tosawa. Word, I get that. You know what I'm saying? But realistically, who's gonna win that one? If uh, we we got some major stuff coming up in August with the NXT Takeover Toronto. Uh, Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle, that that seems to be like a little bit more um, even, and you can't tell who's going to win. And then, of course, everything else, you know, the GD, JD, JD Drake versus Austin Theory to just combine the belts for WWN and Evolve. That's something interesting, but you have to be an Evolve fan uh, and know, have been following them for a little bit. Um, everything else is kind of like indie, indie stuff. You know, Sean Malud is there, okay, cool. I think it's going to be a good indie event, but AEW is on a different stratosphere. <laughs> so, Oh, believe me, I, I fully expect Back to the Fall to be the better show of the weekend. I'm not taking anything away from that. I'm just somebody who likes to watch all the wrestling I can, is what I was trying to say. Words. Okay, I gotcha. <laughs> believe me. True, but once you me. flip, you really have a hard time oh, grasping Why don't you guys? I'm I'm gonna be going to Raw on Monday when they're at the Nassau Coliseum. I'm not going in with much expectations. I'm you know that is, <laughs> Yeah. So there, there's uh, there's one additional consideration, John. G one day two and three are on Saturday and Sunday the thirteenth and fourteenth. <laughs> so it could be a whole day from five thirty in the morning all the way to late at night. For you. I'm just glad I, yeah. I stopped drinking a couple of weeks ago because uh, could you imagine having a beer every match that day? You're killing a keg oh my or something. <laughs> You're going to kill well, a, I, a case and a half. <laughs> I would do that, but I have to work Saturday, so I won't be oh, able to watch better. all the wrestling, <laughs> but I'll be able to watch some. But, <clears throat> I mean, re- realistically, I mean, well, let's get right to Fights of the Fall because that's obviously the big one this weekend. That's one of the big, that's the big one, so to speak. We got more matches announced today. We'll get to those in a little bit. But I guess let's start off with this. What's the one thing you guys are looking forward to mostly with this fight to the fall? Hmm. What I would expect would be the main event, Cody and Dustin versus the Young Bucks. is definitely the, the one that has my, attracted my attention. So they're I building that match start, perfectly. So I guess you guys answered my article that I just wrote recently where I asked that question about who should be the main event of Fight for the Fallen. And that's I I, put, I also said the Rhodes family versus the Young Bucks. Because in the comment yeah. I said in the article was that this match is is the one that the fans are most heavily invested in because they're counting this as a dream match. Yes, 
And if you saw the the Nightmare Family that aired about uh, two hours ago, they really hit that point to close it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah, I, did. I saw that. That was. That, I gotta say that was really a good episode. It really helped, you know, uh, any last minute people who weren't sure if they wanted to buy the paint. Well, not. Well, it's not. You don't. You're not buying this one, right? This one is free still. It's free. Um, it's all out that you're gonna, that people are gonna have to pay for. Even though it hasn't been done, yeah. I kind of figure that's the way they're gonna go. <clears throat> but let's go. Let's start now. We have on the card. We have seven matches announced. We'll start off with the one that was announced today, the pre-show match, because for some reason, Cruz and I saw your post. For some reason, AEW likes to wait till the last possible minute to add more matches to the card. <laughs> yeah. Sonny Kim yeah. takes on Peter Avalon with with Leva Bates in his corner. Another intergender. Well, not not. Let me back that up for a second. Thoughts about this match? Were you surprised that I I thought they had two matches? They okay. They do have two matches then for the pre-show. Yeah, they do. There's two. Yeah. They're called the buy-in in AEW. Yes. Yes, because they don't want to. They don't want to sound. Yeah, they don't want to sound like you know. That they sound like every other company where it's called the pre-show or the kickoff show. It's also but, because they want each match to have its own major significance. Yeah. Yes, sir. But, but thoughts about this match? Sonny Kiss taking on Peter Avalon. I want to see what Sonny can do in the ring. Yeah, I want to see what he can do in the ring. I, I've seen some Avalon YouTube stuff. I'm impressed. I, I definitely think Sonny is center stage. Let's see what's up. I'm excited, uh, but I think this is also to further the uh, the rift between Peter Avalon and Leva Bates. So that's why I think Sonny Kiss is going to go over, and then they're going to just start their feud even more. Word. That's, that's interesting. So, hold on. I'm, I'm actually she will be in his corner. To, yeah. Oh, I can also see a scenario where she, I wouldn't say screws him out of the match, because there's no... There's no stipulation like that, but I could see also, you know, she plays some sort of role in this match, going off what you just said, Jeremy, and this leads to, you know, furthering, you know, their potential breakup. But would, but would they really do that, though? Would they really have the two librarians go after each other? I, I don't know, because didn't he cost her the match last time by accident? Okay, yeah, yeah, he did. So, so I think it's going to come full circle in this match. Okay, so Cruz, who do you have winning this match? Oh, Sunny Kiss. I think Peter Avalon's face is gonna go into Sunny Kiss butt. <laughs> that funny spot. <laughs> We're gonna be laughing our butts off over here. <laughs> Watch this. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. Yeah, I got Sunny Kiss too. Okay. Absolutely. Um, I think Peter Avalon is yeah, he's the uh, the fall guy. <laughs> All right, so. So you have Jeremy, you have Sunny Kiss. Jeremy, Cruz has Sunny Kiss. We'll make it a trifecta. I'll take I'll take Sunny Kiss as well. To me, I don't see how a win here for Peter Avalon will do anything for him, especially with this whole librarian gimmick. And if it's true that they are going to go down that road, 
uh, leave a base for Peter Avalon. A win here doesn't really help him at all. A win here and ultimately would further a heel turn from Peter Avalon. But let's go now to the other pre-show match. Six-man tag match as it will be Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen, and Joey Janela taking on MJF, Sammy Gavarian, and Ty Dillinger. Oh, wait, that's Sean Spears. Never mind. But who do we have when this match starts in this match? Enzo Amore. Oh, <laughs> no, he didn't. Lucky <laughs> <coughs> out, out, kid. Yeah, yeah. Well, that video, I was like, oh, man, guys, stop. Yeah, I was watching somebody on YouTube. They made a comment. They're like, Joey Janela just made a vested uh, pay-per-view for AEW. What has Enzo Amore done for the entire wrestling industry in the last year? <laughs> but, so you- I was just joking around, but to me, I, I think that MJF star and Sammy Guerrero star is I, I got them winning here. Not exactly sure if it's a dirty pin or by che- cheating, but that's what I go. With. I'm gonna go with. All right. So you have. I'm just gonna write the heel, the heels in this match because I don't really want to yeah. sit there and write out everybody's names. I'm gonna actually go different. I'm gonna go the baby faces are gonna win this one. I think Janela, for nothing, nothing. I think you're gonna see some sort of rift between Sean Spears and MJF coming off of what happened at Fighter Fest with the chair shot. I think that's going to play some sort of role in this match. And I think it's going to lead to a match between Sean Spears and MJF at All Out or at the first, you know, TV taping. So give me the baby faces of this one. Jeremy, what about you? Yeah, I got Team Hardcore. Janela, Havoc, and... Who's the third guy? Uh, Alan. I can't remember. Darby Allen. Darby Allen. Oh, Darby Allen. Absolutely. Darby the team's I think, yeah, they, it, if you followed Twitter, last couple of days, MJF and Sean Spears have really been going at it. And there's going to be something t- between them that's going to decide the match. Yeah, I, that's, what, that's, what, that's what I see happening. And that's what I see. I can't see them getting the win. <laughs> there will be a chair involved somehow just to poke at what happened. This oh, is how, how did Sammy Guevara end up at the heels if his his emblem or his what animal spirit, I don't know, is a big teddy bear? <laughs> the panda. <laughs> the panda. <laughs> he's a nice guy. He's such a cute he's such a cute panda too that he he's a bad guy. <laughs> I know. Okay, oh, but, man. okay, but you wanna get tactical. You wanna get tactical. How does somebody like Joey Janela go from being in the main event of a pay-per-view to being on the pre-show. I thought that was the first match of the main card. No, that's For pre-show. some reason. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's advertised. Buy-in. I thought, cause buy-in. I thought Brandy and Allie were on the pre-show, but yeah, I think right there. Yeah, but Jeremy, we have to call it the buy-in because the, v, the VP buy-in, my bad. of Fast yes. Analytics here is getting mad at us. No, <laughs> it is true, the buy-in. I do not want to use that New York terminology. <laughs> right, you, you did mention Brandy and Ali. Yep, that was actually the next match I wanted to get to. 
So you got John. I'll go first on this one. Uh, Give me Allie on this one. I'm going to go with Brandy. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll be the tiebreaker. I got Brandy, too. Yeah. Because Allie's coming off a win. Allie's coming off of that July 4th photo shoot where she's just (laughs) (laughs) all over IWC looking hot as fuck for a 30-year-old woman. All you 20-year-olds need to fall back. John. You there, buddy? John? I guess he must have dropped off, man. So we're going to go right into Kenny Omega versus Chima. Is he looking up Ali's pictures? Um. (laughs) You know 20-year-olds, man. They act like teenagers nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, what can we say? (laughs) Well, we got Kenny Omega versus Shima, what should be one of the more, uh, I guess, more technical, uh, more fast-paced matches of the night. And... Omega always delivers. There's never a bad match with Omega. Tima, another one. This one's difficult for me. I, I'm just going to give the edge to Kenny Omega. That's who I'm going to go with. What about yourself? I definitely have Kenny, too, and I think Kenny's going to get to show some of his Japan style in this match that we haven't seen since he's been in AEW. I know it's only been only two matches, but this is yeah. this is what he is. Yeah. I'm sure he. I, I can yeah. totally imagine him requesting this match. And in his fan base, this is what we're accustomed to. So, yeah, this is that's a very good point. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so both got Kenny Omega. So we're gonna go right into the Adam Page versus Kip Sabian match. Interesting here. Hmm. You want to make Adam Page, and I'm just rambling here. You want to make, you want to keep Adam Page looking strong all the way through that heavyweight championship match. Correct. But can he afford? Uh, can he? Can he lose a match on a? Hey, this is this is a charity event. This is not supposed to be taken serious and stuff like that. Uh, Kip Sagan did look good. Not cleanly. I can't see him losing cleanly. This this is what I'm gonna say. I think this one, uh, some sort of double disqualification or something, a draw or something like that. I, I or maybe Sabian gets disqualified. Hey, hey, good one, good one. Yep. I don't um, I don't see Kip Sabian eating a pin or a submission. Neither Adam Page. So yeah, that that's a good possibility. And yeah. It is advertised that Jericho would be there with a microphone in hand, so. Right, but yeah, I got, I got, I do have Hangman winning though. I think his stock is high. I mean, he's throwing out the first pitch the day before at a Jacksonville okay. uh, shrimp baseball game. <laughs> All right, you guys get now. <laughs> yes, we hear you now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How are those alley pictures, John? Huh? How are the alley impact pictures? <laughs> oh, very funny. Uh, 
No, it was weird because all of a sudden I was talking and I made my prediction and then I just heard nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so we both said Kenny Omega for his match. And we talked about the Adam Page and Kit Sabian match. Okay. Jeremy's going with Adam Page. I'm going with a draw, no winner. Okay. So let me go through my predictions then quickly since you guys already did mm-hmm. half of yours. Uh, in the Kenny Omega, uh, Shima match, give me Kenny Omega. Adam Page, Kip Sabian, you guys both have that as a draw? No, he has Adam Page. No, I have Page going over. And Cruz, you had it as a draw then, right? A draw. I have Page going over as well. Because <clears throat> to me, they, they're making him look, they have to make him look good going into his match with Jericho at all. Jer- so I think, he, I think to me, Page winning here makes the, the most amount of sense. As far as Kenny and Shima go, to me, yes, Shima did win at, at a Fighter Fest when he did be Christopher Daniels. As far as this match, a win here would be nice, but I, but I don't think they're going to do it, being that Kenny does have the big match with Moxley at All Out. And I also will make this prediction. I think we see a running or something from Moxley, a retribution to what happened to Moxley at the end of Fighter Fest. I love that, but correct me if I'm wrong, isn't he in Tokyo for Block B? Yeah, he is. That night? Oh, he is? Yeah, he is. He's going to be on the other side of the globe. What we said was that this is going to showcase Kenny's, you know, Japanese style of wrestling, and this is why perhaps he chose Shima specifically for this event, so that he can showcase his way of wrestling. Did you guys talk about the tag team match at all? Ekno, we can now. Let's okay. we'll do it. So, SDU, Frankie Kazarian, and Scorpio Sky with Christopher Daniels in their corner, as we heard it on, uh, was it Being the Elite that they talked about that? That he yes. was to be in their corner? Yes. Take it on the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. I'll take this one first. This is going to be another barn burner of a tag team match. I don't see their, I don't see this match being a dull one at all, and I'm actually surprised that this isn't furthering the whole tag team tournament. Because I know they had, they had it at the, at the pre-show for Fighter Fest, so I'm kind of surprised not doing something where they can, you know, put the next team in for this tournament. As far as who I want to win, I mean they're both good teams. I think both of these teams are going to be heavily involved in the tag team title picture. But I think here I think I think Rucha Brothers get the win. But I think I think uh SoCal and Spencer come out strong in this match. And let's be honest also a loss here for them doesn't really hurt SCU. But yeah, give me Rucha Brothers in this match. I actually had the pleasure of watching Kazarian and Daniels take on the Lucha Brothers in Atlanta this year. It was the night where the Bucks came out and offered them AEW contracts. 
Mm-hmm. And that match blew me away. One of the best matches I've ever seen live. I think Sky is going to make this match even better because his style just complements wrestling with Lucha Brothers so well. Yeah. This could be a match of the night candidate. Yeah. And I have Lucha Brothers winning. All right, Cruz, what about you? I'm going to go the opposite direction. I'm going to go with SoCal. Uncensored. I, I just think okay. some they're, they're going to throw some curveball at us, and I think this is going to be it. Okay, and we're actually we're forgetting one match. Unless you guys spoke about it when I had the technical issues. The main event. Yeah, we haven't gone to it. Yeah, we haven't forgot that. Oh, okay, I didn't know if you guys talked about it. Thank you. But <laughs> Cody and Dustin Rhodes take on the Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. I always say that because people don't know who the Young Bucks are. But <laughs> let's go with Jeremy on this one first. Jeremy, who do you have winning this? First off, I am so stoked for this match. Yes, I sir. got the Young Bucks winning. Um Wow! <laughs> I I know, yeah. I know, I'm going out on a limb here. I, but I actually did contemplate it going the other way, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I just think the Bucks are got to be primed now for this tag team tournament. And this is going to be a show-stopping match we're going to be talking about for a while. Yes, I know, sounds crazy, but yes, I'm going with the Young Bucks. And I think Dustin might take the boost off after the match. Okay. Oh. Well, can you follow that one? I am gonna go with the Rhodes brothers. Ooh. I think this is just the uh, the final chapter of this story with their. I guess you know I I don't want to say the redemption of their brotherhood, but I guess the re-strengthening of their brotherhood. They get together and just just finish the story and on a good chapter with them winning, and. Also, as Jeremy mentioned, uh, Dustin finally stepping down and saying goodbye. Okay, I agree with you, Cruz, about the road, about Cody and Dustin winning this, but I don't think this is it for Dustin. Well, good. And here, here's why. I, I hope you're right. Somehow, I think somehow, some way, Cody and Dustin are one of the teams put in. The tag team title tournament. They get a brief run as the tag team champions at some point, and then I think Dustin puts up, hangs up the uh, the boots. Trust me, I hope you're right there. That, that's my what I'm thinking is going to happen because you got to realize they Dustin right now in his resurgence or whatever you want to call it is probably one of the most over people right now. Because of the fact that it's Dustin, everybody knows of him, three decades in the WWE. And I don't think, I mean, we saw him at, at Starcast, and that guy looks like he's in phenomenal shape. For how old yes. I mean, he's, let me just take a look here. He Doesn't he have some indie dates booked after this match? Who, Dustin? Yeah. I have no idea. So I think he's active. But I think he, I think he will stay active. I think we see them as one of the teams in this tag team tournament. 
when TV taping starts. Because think about it, how how cool would it be to have a team that was once the WWE Tag Team Champions, and also it's the Redemption Tour, it's the last ride, so to speak, for Dustin, and then like I said before, then I think he he hangs it up once once they win the belt, then I think he he kind of hangs it up because I think I think I think realistically, I think he has more in him. And I look by the way, he just turned 50. You know, John, I, I heard everything you said, man, and it's making a lot of sense. And especially the Bucks are playing the heels in this match, mocking them a yeah. lot. Yeah. And uh, I'm not switching my pick, but I like the way you're thinking. But also, let's be honest, one loss, like I said before, with, with SoCal Uncensored, a loss by the Bucks here doesn't really hurt them. No. They've won they're everything still gonna, They're still going to be looked at one of the top tag teams. But if you can get a win for Cody and Dustin, I think you have you have the redemption. You, you kind of have the underdog tag team of AEW. Because think about it. And literally, as I'm telling you guys, I'm thinking about this all on top of my head. You can easily build a storyline that if all of a sudden they get a lot of teams that get put in for this tag team tournament, you can have them be a team of, oh, wait a second. These guys were in the big league. We're in WWA. Because apparently they're, apparently one thing I did notice with the being the uh, fight for the fallout episode today, they're not too ashamed to AEW to mention WWA. No, and they even took some shots at it, which really added heat to the match. Yeah. So, to me, you can easily... I don't know if you build them up as the heels, but you can easily build them up as the underdogs. They're like, wait a second. You guys were in WWE. You guys were the top of the tag team division. You guys beat Sam Shield. As you know, Dusty said, and I agree with him 100%, why do you guys want to go after didn't you guys have enough? Like, I could see them. I could see everybody become jealous of them. But. So then do you see a long-term feud with the Bucks and them, or just a one-night friendly competition? I could see a long-term feud, being that, okay. being that you do have two brothers, two teams of brothers here, and as we've seen, when you have that, when you have brothers feuding with, with each other, you have. I mean, I'll give you a great example. Look at the Briscoes in Ring of Honor, for example. Doesn't matter who they feud with. Every feud they did it to me is always one of the top feuds of the year. And the fact that they're brothers, they had the chemistry. You got four guys in this ring who are probably at the top of their game right now. And, not to just throw this curveball in there, the one who's the most well-rested is Dustin. Yes. Cody's still coming off of the whole chair shot from Sean Spears. The Young Bucks just worked the match with Kenny Omega at Fighter Fest when they took on Laredo Kid and the Lucha Brothers. So, right now, the one who's the most well rested is Gold is like I kept saying Goldberg is Dustin. 
But to me, I think he's going to end up playing the wild card in this match, and I think it's going to be one of the matches that we come on here next week. We'll be talking about as one of the matches of the night for Pipes of the Fall. I think so. They're going to bring it. Oh, absolutely. Cruz, what are your thoughts on, on, you know, the whole thing with a possible long-term feud between the Rhodes family and the Bucks? It was properly written out and executed. And and your train of thought is not unattractive at all, John. If if it happens that way, fine. I'm with it. Um, At this point... It's, I'm still up in the air as to whether or not Dustin is going to have a long-term future or, or transition into something executive and just, you know, trade in the wrestling shoes for a, a business suit. So I, I just, I'm going to reserve judgment. Let me just say that. I'm just going to reserve judgment and just enjoy the match for itself and move forward. That's, that's just it. Yeah. I mean, overall, though, I mean, in the end, Fed is going to win. They're going to have um, great matches to watch at Fight for the Fallen. Yeah, but I think. Let's now transition here for a second. We have, yes, we have Fight for the Fallen this Saturday. But then we have another pay-per-view this Sunday. And before we get to that, I want to briefly touch upon Kevin Owens' promo. Now, in case, Cruz, I know you don't watch SmackDown. Saturday, uh, Tuesday night, but in case you have not seen it, we actually have the audio of the promo, courtesy of WWE's YouTube page, so I'll play you quickly the promo, and then we'll talk about it a little bit, but here we go, here is the promo that Kevin Owens cut last night on Show the Fan. Got the music! I got something to say, you know what? Last week I came out here and I spoke the truth about Dolph Ziggler, but it looks like tonight someone else needs to hear the truth, and that's Shane McMahon. Now I've sat back and tried to be a good guy, a good company guy, and not piss anyone off for too long, and I'm done with that because it doesn't get me anything. So you know what? A while ago I watched the entire McMahon family come out in this ring and say, hey, right now, from now on, we're going to listen to the fans and give the audience what they want. But the only thing that's happened since then is Shane McMahon has gotten more power, more authority, and more TV time than anyone. And trust me when I say that nobody watching ever wanted that. You know, now we have to sit back every week on every show and listen to Shane McMahon call himself the best in the world. And every time that happens, that makes me sick, makes me want to come out here and smash my head on this stupid table. Hey, 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 hey. Enough out of you. You're here. Enough. Good. You need to hear this. Cut his mic. This is the biggest load of crap I've ever seen. I have been watching WWE. Cut Cut his mic off. There we go. Hey, guess what, idiot? There's more than one microphone, and I'm not done. You know what? Every time you call yourself a well, that is an insult and a slap to the face to every single person in the back, in the locker room, who breaks their back week in, week out, on TV, on the road, around the world, to beat WWE superstars. And it makes me sick. It makes me sick. It makes everybody sick. And you know what happens when you call yourself the best in the world? 
Everybody back there, including me, is thinking Shane McMahon can kiss my ass. Because that oh, ring does oh, not belong. Oh, mic now. Oh. Thank you. Oh, is that not working, Kevin? Yeah, I'm not done. Oh. I would oh, never call myself the best of you're on a roll tonight. But there's a hundred people back there. Get him out of here. Place. Now. And you take up TV time from now. Apollo Crews, Buddy Murphy, Ali Lipton. This isn't a debate. Oscar, Get out of here, Kevin. Kyrison. I've made my... Go. Make sure he stays out. In your language, all right, but that was the <coughs> promo that Kevin Owens cut on Shane McMahon. What, what, okay, so thoughts on this promo? Fantastic. He's the man. Cruz? He, uh, he expressed my, I guess, my dissatisfaction and my bitching for the last five years and, and that promo there. So, well done and excellently executed by one of the best on the mic in the present era, KO. Yeah. I He's finally getting read, a punch in. Supposedly, from what I read, this is part of a long-term storyline between him between Owens and Shane that apparently will be phasing Shane McMahon off of being on TV every week. Good, because he's overstayed his welcome. Yeah, I, but you know what's funny? That, I mean, Miz cut a promo, what was it, two weeks ago? Or a couple weeks ago? Where he basically said the same thing. And to me... This is what it's, this is. People always say, "What's a good promo? What's a, you know?" This to me was a good promo. This was what this is done well. This is executed. This wasn't off the top like CM Punk's was when he did his pipe bomb a couple of years ago. But the way Owen executed it, with the facial expression and the tone in his voice, it really sounded like the lines were getting blurred. Now. I hope, and I hope, I hope that they don't do this for me and say, okay, fine, whatever, we won't. I, if they can build on this, this will, I think realistically, Kevin Owens right now is going to be looked at as the modern day Stone Cold. Yeah, you had him do a stunner. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think, his ma- I think their match on Sunday, when they take on Reigns and The Undertaker, I think Owens has some sort of role in that match. But let's get on to Extreme Rules. That is the Sunday. I don't even know why they call this pay-per-view Extreme Rules. Because there's no blood in this pay-per-view. But <laughs> I want to start off. I kind of want to work around this a little bit. And I want to start off <coughs> with the match that we just found out about last night. And that would be Alistair Black taking on Cesaro. After months of being of, of getting a knock on the of not of Alistair Black sitting in the room, going, "I want somebody to pick a fight with me." Also, we finally got the knock. And then all of a sudden, Michael Cole, or not Tom Phillips, turns around 
and said to Alistair Black on SmackDown, well, your opponent doesn't want to reveal himself today, he'll reveal himself at Extreme Rules. I was really hoping, beyond hope, that it was Bray Wyatt. To me, Cesaro makes no freaking sense. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't Cesaro a raw guy? Isn't he on the raw brand? Yeah, that's so loose these days with the wild card. <clears throat> but to me, this, to me, this makes this whole match. Uh, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from the match itself. I think it's going to be a phenomenal match. You have two guys who work well in the ring, who give enough time to put on a great match. But what's the story here? What? Why should fans get invested in this match? Because Zara knows how to read a helicopter the right way. <laughs> Because I, I don't know if you guys saw it when he, was, when he finally revealed himself and he kept the mouth guard in and then he takes the mouth guard out and you can see just the way he was looking that he was reading off two cards. Like it was so obvious that he was reading off because he's like, he's like, well, Alistair, I want to pick a fight with you. And I'm like, you're reading off the two cards. To me, this match, again... I'm For all that build-up? Yeah. Terrible, terrible payoff there. Yeah. I really thought they were going to go Bray Wyatt here. Because I really thought it was going to be the whole thing of, oh, let me in, let me in. Oh, you just have to knock. I really thought they were... And then also, when I switched on, I'm like, great. And it sucks, because I'm a huge disaster. I think he's somebody who has been totally misused by the company, but this is not the direction I thought they would have gone. But, Bruce, what are your thoughts on this whole thing with Aleister Black taking on Cesaro at Extreme Rules? It's goddamn hot garbage. (laughs) The only thing I'm going to say about this is that I heard uh, rumblings that Sheamus is back. So hopefully Cesaro's in this storyline here to to take the loss and keep Aleister Black strong as he debuts and relevant for the mid-card, and Cesaro can tuck his tail and go back with Sheamus and get the bar going again because that dynamic actually works now that it's been forced down our throats for years. But this is bunk. This is is lousy and and mediocre writing. What you suggested with uh, Bray Wyatt would have been far more interesting thing would have been higher on the card uh, but you know I, I'm a, I've been bitching about this company for how long there you go another example yeah I mean this makes no sense yes I think about it now yes should have been Bray Wyatt I don't know because you're not really going to have Alistair Black lose right away but again you bring you make his arm into a single side are you seriously then going to turn around and have Cesaro lose like this when he's already so down on the damn card? No. Because like we were, we were talking about... There are so about many early, guys you could have used. Yeah. But Not just know, like we I mean, Randy about, Orton returning would have been great. Yeah. Just, they missed... They, it's all they do, this company, is miss the ball. I mean, we were talking about it earlier when we were talking about Spice of the Fall, and we were saying how a loss by SoCal, a loss by 
the Young Bucks won't hurt them. A loss mm-hmm. by Cesaro on Sunday doesn't really help him at all. And it, to an extent, does hurt him a bit because it's like, okay, great. You knock on the door, you have a match with Alistair Black. The guy has had no singles matches ever on the main roster, and you're going to lose to him? See, how can anybody take him seriously now? I guess you don't, and then you send him back with his tag team partner. But the problem is, that's fair, though, because to me, Cesaro's one of the best wrestlers they have. He has the look, he has the charisma. But to me, the fact that they use him like this is what is one of the reasons why I have a tough time supporting the same company. If you have somebody like Cesaro... But this has been the story with Cesaro for six years now? Yeah. yeah. Never, there's nothing that. recent with him. Yeah, but any any momentum the guys ever got, they've taken away from him for whatever reason. Yeah, to me, he has the look. You put this guy right now in a Ring of Honor, in a New Japan. Hell, put him in freaking Impact Wrestling, and he'll be Mm -hmm. he'll be the main event. But Antonio Cesaro knows that, and he's whatever Castellano, whatever his name is. He still stays there. I know. I know. To me, he's somebody who, at this point in time, he's been with the company now for a number of years now. To me, he's somebody who should have at least been a two or three time champion at this point. And this bullshit that, oh, he hasn't grabbed the brass ring. Give me a break already. He hasn't grabbed the brass ring. Because WWE doesn't know how to use talent the right way. Yeah. And this is coming from somebody. This is coming from somebody who, for the longest time, was WWE's diehard. And now I'm saying that WWE, WWE does not know how to use talent the right way. But I guess quickly, let's make our predictions for this match. I have Alistair Black with it. Yeah, of course. Same, of course. <clears throat> All right, next match on here. Let's go to the next match back. This makes no sense. And that's Ricochet versus AJ Styles in a singles match for the United States Championship. Again, what's the storyline here? That AJ Styles wants to prove himself with Anderson and Gallows? Isn't that why he's trying to heal? Uh... No, yeah, they just they want him to go back to the old AJ Styles. Yeah. The one from New Japan. Yeah, the one from New Japan. But I think with this match, I think this turns into a DQ because I think Anderson or Gallo. Actually, here's my theory. I have another one of my theories in my head here. AOP hasn't been seen on TV in a while, correct? Correct. Uh, of course. Okay. It's WWE. Okay. Why don't they do this? Have it just be a no DQ. But not no DQ. Have this be a disqualification. And then all of a sudden we see the three of them attack Ricochet. You hear AOP's music come up. They come in to be the quote unquote the bodyguard, even up the odds. Between for Ricochet. Then this leads to a match at SummerSlam with AOP and Ricochet taking on the club. 
So you're saying post-match that happens? Yeah, post-match. Okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. fine with that. Just something different. That's what we're begging for. <coughs> That's why something we're happy to club that reform. Yeah, yeah. Something different mm-hmm. with that company would be give Ricochet and AJ Styles 25 minutes to put on a fucking five-star match because they can do that. I, I would hope that's what the direction that they would go. Uh, don't hate the ideas of uh, the good, well, I, guess, I guess the club, the Bullet Club joining uh, and interfering, or of AOP coming back. But correct me if I'm wrong, AOP is always better as a heel tag team than they are a face. Uh, I'm I just, yeah. it's Ricochet, it's AJ Styles. They, they have the potential for a five star classic. Just let him go in the ring, man. If, if no, fucking Vic Man is listening, just let him fucking wrestle, you <laughs> asshole. Uh, unfortunately, Cruz, I don't think Vic McMahon is listening, because I don't think he's <laughs> of the show. But here's my thing. How, how, how that was so <laughs> oh, there was a comment I made, Cruz. I don't know if you were on the, on the show yet. I turned around, and before I made the comment, I said, yeah, I said, I think this is going to keep me out of the WWE Hall of Fame. <laughs> or keep, keep me out of WWE. No, I, I think Cruz just hit the nail on the head. I think the amount of time they get in that match will determine how good it is. And No, unfortunately, I agree with you guys, but let's be honest. We all know who's going to get the most time in their match. And that's going to be Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins versus Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Yeah. So let's just talk about that one. Let's talk about that one right now because that's one of the more important ones. Yeah. Uh, I think I, Cruz wishes oh. that a trade would just run over Seth Rollins and we never have to hear from him again. <laughs> this this storyline is cringe. I, I don't even watch it and I'm just like I don't hate that they date. Let them fall in love. Let them get married and have kids. I don't hate that. It's just, this shit is stupid. What did I tell you, John? After WrestleMania. WrestleMania ends the last wrestling year. The new one starts. They should have went with new champions. This, These two fucking idiots are killing the ratings, <laughs> killing everybody. Who the fuck is this shit? Put the belts on Baron Corbin already. Give it to Lacey Evans. Give me something new. I agree with giving the belt to Corbin. I disagree with giving it to Lacey. I don't think Lacey okay. has done enough yet to, to get a title shot. I think what they should have done with Lacey Evans, who you, you and I have had this discussion, right, is they should have built her up, let her go through people like Dana Brooke, girls that are lower on the lower end of the, the card, have her get built up, then you could have had her go for the title at SummerSlam. You don't have, you shouldn't have had this, this is a third opportunity at yourself. I, I think this whole match has been built horribly. The stipulation is lame. There's nothing appealing about it. Well, the no. WWE's new word of the week is winner take all. Well, this this should not be the main event under any. Uh, Shouldn't headline a okay. raw. <laughs> okay, then, well, okay. If you were booking this, obviously you booked it better, but what would you put as the main event? To take her Roman Reigns match. Interesting. Yeah, you can't have Taker not main event. He's Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean you wouldn't have Bailey and 
Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross be the main event? You know what? The way this company works these days, I wouldn't even joke. No. Honestly, we, we'll talk, we can... Well, actually, let's go back for a second here. Predictions for the Universal World Women's title. Do we see new champions in on Long Island next week? No. I'm... <laughs> I hope to God, yes. <laughs> I can't stand Seth Rollins, bro. <laughs> I can't stand that son of a Really? Oh, Cruz, Cruz, you don't like him? I thought that whole... Uh, that whole Cruz, I just spoke to Seth today. He's going to be a guest next week on the show. So. <laughs> I won't be here. Or I will be here. <laughs> it's okay. not going to be TV. That Rollins came on the show. Jeremy, you and I would shut on my stuff and just let Cruz go at it for 20 minutes. Oh, it would be the uncensored interview of the year. <laughs> I, I can just see. I can see. Okay, Mr. Rollins, this is Cruz Santiago. My first question. Why the fuck do you think you're better than Will Austin? Right? <laughs> where do you, it would start like, where do you get off criticizing anyone else? While you've been riding Roman Reigns' coattails for the last fucking 4.5 years, you <laughs> son of a bitch, you ungrateful piece of shit. That's how it would start. You've been riding That's Roman Reigns' fucking coattails. You're, you're in the, he's in the position he's in because Roman Reigns got leukemia. By the way, argue yes. that against me. On a quick side note, just to get through this for a second, I want to send a congratulations out to Roman Reigns. He did win the SB Award tonight yeah. for the best WWE moment of the year, so congratulations go out to Roman. Yeah, absolutely. Good guy. But, yeah, that, that would be one interview I would love to see happen. Oh, take my money. I, take and my money? He would I would start selling like popcorn. Thing. I would be selling <laughs> popcorn. I would be streaming that shit on Hulu, Netflix, regular TV, Anything I can stream it on, I would. Oh, my. I, uh, it'll be better than the Cole Cabana CM Punk interview, let me tell you. <laughs> you're, clueless, you're a clueless fan. You don't know anything what you're talking about. And, and you criticize me, but you watch every week. And, and I make more money than you, Cruz. That's that's his argument. What else is he going to fucking tell me? No, that I would just add you up with this. So how did you feel that the WWE came up with a shirt that basically called you the man's man? That is the oh the most. If I was Seth Rollins, I would have asked for my release right there. I would have broke I, up with Becky Lynch and asked for my release. I got love. For I, my, uh, I got love from my gay, lesbian, transgendered friends, but even they heard me joking. I, I can't wait to see straight guys wearing that shirt around gay people. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. I would have loved to have seen this. You know how often Maria Canellas called Mike Bennett her bitch? And, you know, yeah. you go for that whole thing? I would love for it to come out and just not even say the man's dad. I would love to have come out and say the man's bitch. <laughs> With a leash. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But let's go quickly. We, we have about a minute or so left. Uh, quickly, let's go through these matches here. Uh, Revival take on the Usos for reasons I do not know why. We get new World Tag Team Champions. I go with no. Revival. 
So Same here. Both revivals? Yes. They're really being pushed well. hard. Yeah. And they just Strowman resigned. Versus, so. Strowman versus Bobby Lashley for the 9,000th time because apparently you can't do an arm match, a tug of war, uh, who can knock over a building first. No, they have a last minute dead match. So who do we have winning this one? I'm going to go with Strowman. Uh, yeah, same here. I think Paul Heyman has big plans for Strowman. Yeah. Okay, we talked about Ricochet. We talked about Cesaro's match. Triple threat match for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. Brian and Rowan take on the New Day, take on Heavy Machinery. I'm coming out right now. Heavy Machinery get the win here. I got Ryder and Hawkins. I don't see them going to Long Island without the belts. Ryder and Hawkins. Yeah, Brian. Daniel Bryan, Rowan, The New Day versus Heavy Machinery. I got Bryan and Rowan. Well, this should just show you how bad this card is, that Jeremy thinks that it's Ryder and Hawkins in this match. <laughs> okay. I, oh, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. <laughs> I think he's going fine. with the champion. Yeah, I'll go with the champion. Yeah, what Cruz said. Drew Gul- yeah. Gulak in his first the defense of the Cruiserweight champion is in his hometown of Philadelphia, PA, takes on Tony Neese. As Tony Neese returns to the National Coliseum next week in his hometown as your two-time Cruiserweight champion. No, Gulak. Same here. Jeremy? Two nights in a row uh, for Gulak. Okay. Yeah. SmackDown Women's title and a handicap match. Do we get co-SmackDown Women's champions or does Bailey retain here? Uh, Alexa Bliss, six-time champ. Well, no, no. I like... Be her I'm Nikki. sorry. That's fine. Bliss and Nikki. All right. All right, Jeremy? I like Bailey as much as Cruz like Seth Rollins, so... I am going to go with, yes, Alexa Bliss, any which way she wins. I don't care. <clears throat> I think Bliss and Cross win, but I think this also starts the slow turn for one of them, and we get a few between both between Bliss and Cross later on in the year. Okay, Kofi Kingston takes on Samoa Joe because for some reason Samoa Joe deserves another title opportunity where they haven't even explained yet why he attacked Kofi Kingston in the first place. <laughs> Who wins this match? Listen, I, I'm going to go with Samoa Joe. I think he wins the championship. Well, especially if you also remember, Kofi Kingston is injured right now. He does. He, is, he has some undisclosed injury right now. Oh, really? I think it's WWE item, from what I read. Okay. No, I'm, I'm being serious. Though. He announced at a house show in upstate New York that he has some sort of, that he's dealing with some sort of undisclosed injury right now. So okay. if that's the case, i got to go with Cruz here. I think Mojo finally wins the WWE title. I got to Mojo, too. I'm curious to see if one of the New Day members turns on Kofi. Ooh. Okay, but now let me ask this one though quickly. If 
Kofi loses the belt and it is Samoa Joe, does that decrease or increase the likelihood of Brock Lesnar catching it? Yes. Yes. That Either way, I think so. Okay. All right, let's, let's finish this. Well, I, I can totally see Brock coming out, teasing it, and not doing it because that's what Brock does. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now we have the match that I don't know why we have this match, but again, it's WWE, so I can't explain anything with this company. Shane McMahon, you know, the best in the world, or whatever his gimmick is these days, with Drew McIntyre, or as I call him, the big bodyguard, or, you know, Kevin Nash X, taking on Roman Reigns. And for some odd reason, which I still don't understand why, The Undertaker. And what's funny is even The Undertaker on the show, and this, this, card, this, this place can't sell out. So the freaking Undertaker. But, hey, Clifford, then, who do we have winning this one? Well, I just want to say first, I'm so happy that this will be the main event because Shane McMahon... Undertaker are two great young talents that deserve the rub in the main events. Um, <laughs> yeah, I got Taker and Reigns. They're going to go out and just... Taker's going to redeem himself from Saudi Arabia a little bit. Gonna, you know, I don't want to be that hater. It's going to be a lackluster pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, I'm not expecting, I'm not expecting miracles yet. Cool. I'm going the opposite way. I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to go with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. Just because uh, I know Vince McMahon, uh, I'm gonna go one step further and say that Drew McIntyre pins the Undertaker and then starts their story uh, for their match at WrestleMania that Taker wants. Ooh, interesting, interesting. This match to me, yes, it's gonna be good. I just hope the God Taker doesn't get too much time in the ring in this match because, like we saw at Saudi, he gets too much time in the ring. He really can't. He isn't the same guy anymore. Obviously, we talked about what will probably be the main event, even though you guys wanted to be the taker, you know, Shane match. We talked about Rollins and Lynch taking on Evans and Corbin. Honestly, I'm not expecting much from this match. We talked about this match before. Um, obviously, because now we're kind of towards the end of the show, I can bring this up now. As you can tell, Larry Dallas is not joining the show tonight. I don't know the reason why, but I apologize if anybody was to support that interview. Hopefully we can have him on in the near future. But I guess now it's time to wrap the show up for the night. So, Jeremy, since this is your first official night as the third co-host, why don't you take away with final thoughts first? Uh, first off, it was another amazing show. Thanks again for having me. Evolve is going to be great. Fight for the Fallen is going to be great. That company in New York show. Um, I really think the Rhodes Brothers versus the Bucks is going to be a match we're talking about for a while down the line. I can't wait for that match. Yep. Yep. Cruz, what about you? So I'm really optimistic for uh, what New Japan is going to put on over this weekend because that's definitely going to be in the mix uh, as, as to which match is going to be the best of the entire weekend. You can't count out in Japan. You cannot count out Evolve with what they got going on. Uh, uh, that AJ Styles-Ricochet match really interests me. Anything with KO. Uh, Samoa Joe, they better bless him this weekend. Uh, the best event is going to be Fight for the Fallen. 
hands down. So yeah, you know, great, great weekend. The 13th, 14th, and on the 15th for those of us who watch New Japan. Yep, and pretty much final thoughts for me. We have another guest coming on next, next week. It's got to confirm it with him. It's actually somebody from House of Glory, and we'll have him on next week. More information will come out about that in the upcoming days. But like 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 you guys said before, I think this this weekend is gonna be a fun weekend if you're a wrestling fan. You cannot say there's not enough wrestling on this weekend between Evolve, New Japan, WWE. Go down the list. You have, I think, every promotion I think has an event this weekend. If not, most of them do. Uh, quickly before we wrap it up for tonight, I don't know if you guys saw the latest episode of the NWA. It was announced that at the, the Toronto show August 9th, that Nick Aldis will take on one of the members of Villain Enterprises. So, Jeremy, I guess I'll go with you quickly on this because it's just going on me. Who do you think will be the one to take the chapter, take on Nick Alba? I got to go with Flip Gordon. They are putting him in a big position there. Yeah. All right, I Bruce? Agree. I agree. Flip Gordon. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I think it's going to be the MVP of the damn year, and that's PCO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that guy has had more opportunities in this resurgence of his damn career than I think anybody has. And also, how cool would it be to have somebody with the NWA belt who was actually around when the NWA was originally around? Not saying that he feels older than him, I'm just saying. But, again, this was a fun show tonight. We hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to catch the replay of this, you certainly can on iTunes or Google Play. And again, this was the Comeback Wrestling Show, a show made by the fans, for the fans, for Jeremy, for Cruz, I'm John. IWC, you guys can all kiss my ass. And we will catch you guys (laughs) next week. Have a good night, folks. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.